0: It's the JT the Brick show. They get the snap off. Handoff Jacobs has the first down of the big hole. 15 10, 5, touchdown Raiders. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio.
1: Raiders bring a blitz. He is smothered and brought down. Max Crosby. Can- for the sack,
0: your silver and black home to sound off for over 20 years.
1: to car in the shotgun, back to pass, climbs the pocket, eyes downfield, fires a strike to Devontae the 25, breaks away 20, 15, 10, 5, dives,
0: touchdown, Raiders. And now, here's JT the brick.
1: Out of the gate, everybody. JT here as we kick off Super Wild Card Weekend in the NFL. On the flagship of the Silver and Black, Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. We're brought to you by Golden Entertainment. They own the stratosphere. Think about owning the stratosphere and owning all the PTs here in the Valley. 64 plus, plus Arizona Charlies, the Laughlin Entertainment Center. They fuel the monologue and give me the start and the energy I need every day as we go two hours. Mostly just me with a couple of guests mixed in and hopefully we hear from you Raider fans, when you have something to talk about, and I think there's a lot to talk about, a lot to talk about today in regards to the Raiders, Pro Bowlers, first team All-NFL, second team All-NFL, the future of Derek Carr, the future of Josh Jacobs, pretty big topic overall, the draft with the seventh pick overall, and where this franchise goes in the offseason. The problem is, we have a little bit of a problem, everybody. It's a really long offseason. And I don't like to jump in first, and I don't like to gossip, and I don't like to make predictions and all that because of my relationship inside the bubble with the team and the fact that I don't like to give you information if it's not confirmed. But I'm all for you coming in and talking about what you want to as long as you keep it clean, you, you don't make it personal, you tell me what you want. And I was explaining that to my oldest son who's still here in town. My youngest son went back to college. I got another week with my oldest son who's going to be a senior at Oklahoma, so this is a big year for us this year. He's graduating from college in May. My parents are coming in from Florida. Next week, I'm going to Florida, middle of the week, for a couple days to see my 84-year-old mom and dad. And I'm kind of planning ahead this year and this offseason on what we're going to do here. And I believe the problem is is that this is going to be a really busy offseason. So there might be a day that I'm on vacation or a day that another host isn't in, and all of a sudden it's breaking news. Oh, my God. Well, we got a flagship station for that. I worked on the old one in San Francisco who couldn't care less about the Raiders. They actually didn't like the Raiders, and that was a, that's a different story. That's from my book, my second book, after the handoff here. We got a flagship station now, and we can pivot. We can break into programming. We can go live. Derek Carr can get traded to Indianapolis, and we can stop everything. Q can say, everybody, get in the building. We're doing nonstop Derek Carr. He was traded to blank. So that's going to happen here in this off season, and I am lightly predicting that this will be one of the most important off seasons in a long time. Uh, one of the big off seasons was the year of the move from Oakland to Las Vegas, a big deal, building a facility, building a stadium. The powers that be before who helped do all of that, unbelievable job. And then, you know, offseason, there hasn't been an offseason with a quarterback here in a long time. Derek Carr's been the face of the franchise nine seasons, so we haven't had that really to talk about. And then there's been a lot of other things happening around town with this team. Coaches, uh, John Gruden getting hired, John Gruden coming to Vegas after Oakland, the emails, he's out. Rich Basachi in, Josh McDaniel's in, Dave Ziegler in. There's been a lot going on, Mike Mayock out. That news just alone it has nothing to do with the players who I haven't got to, is enough to keep an organization busy for 20 years. And no one predicted any of this. No one did. You couldn't predict it. You couldn't predict uh, the executives who are no longer here, some good friends of mine. You can't predict the coaches who are no longer here, some good friends of mine. You couldn't predict this if you had a crystal ball that gave you the answers. You couldn't predict it. So what we're looking for is what we had last year. I'd said it in in Canton, Ohio. We were there for Cliff Branch. And I said it before. It uh, it was awful quiet. I loved it in the preseason. Man, it was quiet. There was nothing going on. The team looked good. No penalties. No one played. That was a... (laughs) I don't know where I want to go on that with no one playing in the preseason, but that's what they decided to do. But it was really quiet. It was more about the summer of Cliff. And then Bobby and I sat down last summer and said, what are we going to do? Pretty quiet around here. Hired the new coach. He's talked to us a few times, the GM. But there's nothing to talk about. Derek's back. Devontae's here. Waller, Renfro, and then everything changed. Injuries, injuries. Players not available to play to help out the team. This and that. New coach, new system, quarterback. And then the season started. It started off slow. It started off slow because the home opener was Kyler Murray running around. Run around like a little kid, a juvenile, stole your phone in 20 seconds and throwing touchdowns and two-point conversions. And right after that, man, we were off to work. We had a lot of work to do this past year. There was so much happening on top of interviewing the coach every week and doing this show and putting all, all our uh, insiders on the radio. We think we did a lot of work. We had a lot of content here, and a lot of it was negative. A lot of it was really negative because of the score of the games. So that's now behind us. But still, people want to talk about how did it happen? Where's the team? Where do we go from here? So what do we know about what's going to happen this long offseason? Where there's going to be days where we got nothing. And I mean nothing for you. I mean zero. No news. It's quiet. There's no news. Well, what we're going to do is we're going to kind of look ahead to what the team has to do. And that's what I wanted to touch on today. I don't know what they're going to do. I'm not in charge. I'm not an executive. I do not have a corner office nor do I want one but the team's got a lot of work to do heading into the super bowl we'll be broadcasting live from the super bowl on radio row they got to get a quarterback or decide on a quarterback they got to rebuild the entire defense and they got to find a way maybe to bring new coaches as assistant coaches and some other people to get new eyeballs on this coaching staff led by the play caller and the head coach, to maybe get some people to see some other things going on at different position groups. I'm not talking anything majorly drastic, but there's got to be some changes. I think we all agree. And then find out how to hold on to the money and then go after free agents. Because I think the draft is going to be a really good draft. Now, how can I say that? What, are you kidding me? I anchored the draft the last three years for this this channel. Did you see those first-round picks? Did you see who they took in the first round? Damon Arnett? Uh, you want to talk about Alex Leatherwood? I was there for all that. I'm, I'm sitting there telling you about these guys. I'll never forget the moment. Never forget the moment in my life. Myself, Marcel Reese, Nicole Zaloomis at the Raiders draft party. We're hanging out at the top of Dre's. First one here in Vegas. The Raiders take Cleland Furrell, number four overall. And everybody looks at me and goes, who? I go, I got it. I got it. I do a national show. I cover Clemson every night on the show. I know who he is. He's their defensive MVP. He's their best player. I'll go on stage. I don't even need a card. I'll tell everybody. Give me the microphone. I stand on stage in front of a 1,000 people who had no idea who Cleveland Farrell was. And I said, hey, this kid from Clemson, national champion, captain of the defense, blah, blah, blah. So I've been there for all this. I've seen these picks come, and I've seen these picks go. Now I'm encouraged about Dave Ziegler coming in with the opportunity of a lifetime to be the GM of the team where there were former scouts in the room, former coaches in the room. Now he's got his guys. Now Dave's got his guys. These are his his picks. Devontae, the first and second rounder. Now he's got a first and second rounder this year. I hope he gets some assets for the draft uh, via Derek Hart trade. I can't guarantee that. And then they're going to go from first round all the way through these. They got a lot of picks. They can move up, they can move back, and we're going to have a lot of fun talking about that. Then in free agency, I'm pretty much telling you I think they're going to get a high-profile offensive lineman. I think they're going to get a high-profile defensive player. Roquan Smith was just taken off the board by Baltimore. But a player of that magnitude, either at cornerback, linebacker, defensive tackle, I think that's going to happen. And as I was telling you, I was talking to my son about Tom Brady because all of his friends, he's 21. Everybody's on their phone like with these Tom Brady memes. Is Tom Brady going to come here or not? I don't know, but I think it's, I wouldn't say it's 50-50, but it's in that category. It might be 40-60, 60-40. And I find that encouraging for radio and trying to find some content to talk about this offseason. And that brings me to these playoff games. There's a lot of news today on the quarterbacks, and I want to open up the show with this. And I'd like you to comment on it. I'd like you to be able to transition with me into the NFL playoffs as Raider fans and talk about these other teams. It shouldn't be hard for you to talk about the Chargers in Kansas City. right? I know you hate these teams, so how about lighten up the phones and hope they lose and tell me how they're going to get beat once the playoffs get going. And then we can get into this quarterback controversy because we all believe that the Raiders – are in the market for a franchise quarterback, or at least they're going to consider it. I know that for a fact. I mean, we know they're going to consider it. It's just a question if they find their guy. So today the big topic is Tua, and it doesn't look like Tua is going to play maybe ever again for the Dolphins. The topic I hit on last night on XM, and it's, it's a very controversial topic because it involves the NFL and gambling. We didn't really find out today about Tua, who's out. That was made today. I put out a tweet about 10 minutes before this. I thought this could be coming. Because the Dolphins have been telling us about Tua's head injuries and his concussions and if he would clear po- protocol. So Skylar Thompson is going to start at quarterback in the playoffs, which quickly means the Dolphins have zero chance to be competitive in Buffalo. It would take a miracle. So Tua has been ruled out for Sunday's wild card game in Buffalo. And we just found out about it a little over an hour and a half ago. Why did it take so long? The line, the gambling line was already set earlier in the week. And I don't know why he hasn't been cleared yet. He's been in concussion protocol since the day after Christmas, December 26th, after suffering his second documented concussion of the season the day before in a loss to the Packers. McDaniel said that Tua has not been cleared to resume any sort of football activities and that because of the amount of time he's already missed, he was able to rule him out. So I think there's a little bit of lying here, and I think there's some truth. Let me tell you what the lie is. I think, just my opinion, that he's probably cleared and ready to play. I think he's probably no longer concussed since the day after Christmas, but I believe they're ruling him out because he hasn't played. So there's a little bit of truth and there's a little bit of lies to this. But the NFL is involved in gambling everywhere. Every time I turn on my television to watch a game, there's some scam artists telling you, hey, bet for free. Your first bet is free. Sign up for the app and bet $5, and you can win up to $2,000 with no risk at all. It's a true story. They didn't let Tony Romo have his fantasy camp here five years ago. But now they're running commercials uh, during timeouts of NFL games saying, hey, sign up for this app. No risk at all. Just sign up, and we'll give you a free bet. And they're not telling us about two of this week until now. So gambling is very important in the NFL. The NFL is bringing in billions, not millions, billions in future revenue on gambling and partnering up with sportsbooks. This is a classic example of how delicate the situation is, because you were able to get a better line earlier in the week on this when this game was set, than you can now because two has been ruled out. So that's going to sway the market. Number two, Lamar Jackson is in a really unique situation with Baltimore. When he went down with his knee injury and how serious it was, leg injury at the time, everybody knew he didn't have a contract extension. That's a Raider topic. Oh, that's another guy that I'd go to the airport with with a sign that says Lamar Jackson, and I'd have a Maverick helicopter waiting for me. And I would take Lamar Jackson over from the Ridges and Red Rock all the way to Inspirata and tell everybody how great Lamar Jackson would be here if he's available. And he might be available because it looks like he's not going to play in this game because they they can't figure out this injury, and he's not under contract Ian Rappaport talked about this earlier today on NFL network. Yeah. And it's been hard to make definitive statements on the status of Lamar Jackson, just such a small inner circle. And obviously a team that is, I don't, I don't want to say frustrated, but they've heard a lot of these questions over the last couple months. Uh, and look, this is an injury that I think most people thought would be just a couple week injury. Here's my understanding of where it is. He doesn't feel right. There's been some swelling and he doesn't feel right. And it's hard for any of us to go out and say, oh, well, obviously he's not playing because of contract. Like, he's, he is one of the best athletes we have seen playing in the NFL in a very long time. He is one of the best quarterbacks we have seen playing in the NFL in a very long time. When he is 100%, he does not feel like himself. So it's hard for any of us to say, well, he should be playing when he's just not ready. And we'll see if that includes today, which I would expect in about a half hour. That is a really good topic. Wow. Did you hear what Rappaport said? He kept saying he is not ready. He didn't say the doctors didn't clear him. He didn't say the medical staff. He kept saying he. I believe believe the bridge has been broken between the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson who's one of the greatest athletic quarterbacks I've ever seen in my life. I think a better quarterback because he's a better thrower than Michael Vick because all these guys make great throws. Every every once in a while you hear people say, well, he's he's athletic, he can only run. No, no. Tua can make every throw. Michael Vick could make every throw. Lamar Jackson has made every throw. They can do it all. They're NFL quarterbacks. So I believe that bridge is broken. And Tyler Huntley, their backup, did not throw a pass during the media viewing portion earlier today. At practice, so they're in a big problem there in Baltimore. So I believe that if there is a fracture between the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson, he's available. Now I don't think the Raiders. I think Deshaun Watson is right there with Lamar Jackson. One might be better than the other. Lamar's won an MVP. Deshaun Watson situation very ugly. We know that, but they're one and one a. I can't distinguish between Deshaun Watson and Lamar Jackson. But to me, they're the perfect future Raider quarterbacks if they didn't have problems like Deshaun Watson, who's out of that conversation here. But Lamar Jackson, to me, would be the prototypical perfect quarterback for JT the Brick in this radio show because he can run. He can run for first downs all day. He can make every throw. He's an MVP. He's young. And I think you can get him at a discount now. I think there's going to be an impasse unless Baltimore decides that they want to be in the Lamar Jackson business and they overpay him to keep him. And to overpay him, it's gotta be over two hundred and twenty million between two twenty and two hundred fifty for Lamar without an agent to agree to go there. Maybe he goes to a place, wink wink, where there's no state taxes. And he can play for a little bit less money because he's gonna make it up in taxes. So I wanted to get him in the monologue. And then finally, I want to get to Tom Brady, who's playing the Dallas Cowboys. If you're a Raider fan, you should be rooting for the Cowboys. And I know you're going to say, why is that? Because any Raider fan who wants Tom Brady, you want Tom Brady to be eliminated right now. You want Tom Brady out of the playoffs early so Tom Brady can make a decision on his future in Las Vegas. I think everybody would agree with what I just said. You all agree with that, right? If Tom Brady's going deeper and deeper and deeper into the playoffs, that doesn't get the conversation going here. If he gets eliminated quickly by the Cowboys and he unpacks his locker and all the boxes are there, he's gone from Tampa Bay. He's got a couple of options. He can go into Fox's gig and he can be a broadcaster, which I don't think he's going to be great at. He's not going to be Tony Romo. So I don't know why he would do that. He's going to come in. He's not going to be nowhere near. Peyton Manning, who's fantastic at this, and he's even turned down those gigs. So I'd like to see Tom Brady on the outside quickly so that conversation could get going on this show going forward because, of course, any rational human being who's ever watched a football game knows that Tom Brady's the greatest football player of all time. Long time back in the day, Jim Brown was on the cover of Sports Illustrated with a Raiders jersey on. And there was a joke about it, but I talked to Jim about it. He thought he could still play in this league in his 40s into his 50s. And that Raider jersey was on him. Well, Tom Brady's getting up there. He's in his mid-40s. So I would love to entertain the Tom Brady discussion here. So I just gave you Tua. I gave you Lamar Jackson. I gave you Tom Brady. And now, finally, I'm going to get to Derek Carr. More and more people now are starting to calm down on Derek Carr. You know, people were triggered. I was at the torch. At the home game, people were coming up to me with the four jersey, going JT and pointing at the four because they love Derek Carr. He's no longer with the team. Some of my good friends can't believe that Derek Carr is not in the building. These are all fair topics. Derek Carr did a lot for this franchise. It doesn't look like he's going to be a part of it going forward, but once a Raider, always a Raider with the most touchdown passes, the most yards, even though he didn't win a playoff game, what a career he's had for the Silver and Black. Now we got to figure out which teams want to get Derek Carr now because they don't want to wait for Derek Carr to get into free agency as the Raiders can possibly just release him, pay a small hit, and then just negotiate with Derek Carr and his agent and go somewhere else. We know that Derek has leverage in that situation, but Derek might like a team already, and if Derek likes the Indianapolis Colts, the New York Jets, the Carolina Panthers, I think the best fit for Derek by far is New Orleans. By far, New Orleans. He'd play indoors. He's a warm weather quarterback. He'd be in a dome. He'd be in a dome where he's played well before in a controlled environment with a team that has a hell of a defense. And maybe they move on from Dennis Allen, who he played for and he gets a new coach. So I think if New Orleans wants to make that deal, New Orleans is also trying to figure out how to trade Sean Payton because they're going to get, they're going to get some value on Sean Payton. In order to get Sean Payton, you got to trade with New Orleans. So we're also going to have the discussion here about where Derek could end up, and I think Derek's got a lot of choices. The Washington Commanders, but they have a dysfunctional owner, and his brother says he wants a good relationship between ownership and the head coach. The Jets, Boomer Esiason doesn't think that Derek's got the ability to hang in the number one media market with all the scrutiny. I disagree. I think Derek can handle that, and you can go all the way out west. You can go anywhere for Derek Carr. And that's going to be a topic of the offseason. So I think we're pretty busy. I think we got a lot to talk about. And on top of that, we got playoff games coming up this weekend, super wild card weekend, which is, I heard Clay Baker saying it this morning. He made a very good point. Clay's been on in this market a very long time, as long as I have. And he said, this could be the best weekend in Vegas to watch football. It is. It really is. The Super Bowl, everybody thinks Super Bowl, Super Bowl. Oh, let's go to the Super Bowl party. It was a little bit overrated. Super Bowl parties are a little bit overrated. This weekend's unbelievable. You can park your ass in a sports book, and you can watch games all day long, pivotal elimination games, and it's all day long. And it's great. Drink specials, food. We got a bunch of partners we'll tell you about today. But it'll be the Seahawks and 49ers. This is the only mismatch that I see, that I can see in front of me. And Brock Purdy is the quarterback. Imagine if they had Jimmy Garoppolo or Trey Lance was a rock star. Brock Purdy against the Seahawks. That kind of looks like a mismatch to me. That looks like a mismatch to me. I think the Niners, if they were the three seed, the Niners would have been playing the Giants. I think that would have been a tougher contest than this. But Minnesota was up and down. They'll play the Giants. Then we have the Chargers and the Jaguars. That's a five-fifteen game Saturday night on NBC. That's going to be a good game. Because we're pulling for the Jaguars, right? Come on, everybody. Come, Please help me with this. Please get me some black hole. Please get me some people who will roll anti-chargers with me. Am I alone on an island with this? We got to get the chargers out of here. We don't need the chargers with another week on NFL Network. And all these other shows talking about, oh, Justin Herbert went into Jacksonville. Man, he threw for 312 yards, three touchdowns. And now the sleeper team to get to the Super Bowl in Arizona is going to be the Chargers. (laughs) We need to get the Chargers the hell out of here. So let's get some vitriol from the Chargers if we can. And then on Sunday, it'll be the Dolphins and the Bills. Two are ruled out in Orchard Park. I think the Bills win big and cover that spread, which is now 13-13. Giants at the Vikings. That's my upset special. I got the Giants over the Vikings. I just think the Giants are playing better and they rested their running quarterback and their running back. And then we have the Ravens and the Bengals. And then we go into Monday night. Cowboys and Buccaneers. That looks really good. So that's what we have. Also today, proud to announce who we have on the show. Tell me who has this on their show today. Vinny monsignor Bill Williamson, longtime NFL insider. And just confirmed at 1.05, the captain of the Vegas Golden Knights, Mark Stone. Mark Stone's coming in. How about that one? That just came out of the blue from my buddy Nate. So we got a hell of a show, and we just need to hear from you. We need to know you have a pulse. We need to know if you're as excited as me to be on the radio in Vegas. And then I saved the best for last. Hear that? That's the newspaper. I actually have to bring it in. My sons walk past it every day. I go, Can you please pick up the newspaper and bring it in the house for mom and dad? Cover of the sports page, Mick Acres. Good guy, Mick. See him around a lot. A's focused on the Tropicana location. Here we go again with that carnival barker, Dave Cavill, who's screwing all my friends in the biggity biggity oak town. Oak town, Libby Schaff, the worst sports mayor of all time. I don't get into politics much. She might do something. She might do some great things for the homeless or the economy or shipping or whatever. She's the worst sports mayor of all time. The Oakland A's every day should get up and send a gift basket to Mark Davis every day because they're trying to rip off Mark Davis's plan. All this garbage about being rooted in Oakland. We love Oakland. Oh, we love, oh, yeah. You blocked the Raiders on the 10 year lease behind everyone's back. I was there for that. You're the same fans as the Raiders, the Rays and the A's. And now, now as Mark Davis has this multi, multi, multi billion dollar stadium that is printing cash, the A's want to come along and tug on Superman's chain. They want to go follow Mark Davis's plan. And here we go again. The Tropicana location. Let me get this straight. I moved here in 1996. Are we talking Tropicana and the Strip? We're going to build a dome stadium there? Really across the street from Mandalay Bay? Caddy corner to New York, New York, next to MGM? And we're going to put a baseball dome stadium there? Maybe it happens. I don't know. I'm not perfect, man. I've been wrong enough. How stupid are we in this town to let the A's Use Las Vegas as a pawn. Las Vegas could use other cities as a pawn. We're the entertainment capital of the world, and we got people believing that Dave Cavill cares about Vegas as he's running out of options in Oakland. I will make a prediction that the Oakland A's this year in Oakland, they might average 2,000 fans a game. Anybody who can hear my voice who buys a ticket to an Oakland A's game knowing what they're doing to that fan base and then trying to follow Mark Davis to Vegas the A's might draw 1800 a game unless they continue to give away free root beer floats continue they might have to have firework night every night they might have they might have to have Jerry Garcia bobblehead night every night in the bay area how stupid. I got a fourth grade vocabulary. I didn't take math in college. Am I the only person in this town that sees this A scam as they continue to use us here in Vegas? They won't build that stadium in a minimum of three years. You see how long it took to build the Legion? And they did it fast with Tommy White. You know how long it is it's going to be to break the caliche and dig down at the corner of Tropicana in the Strip? Build a dome stadium? So no one shows up to see the Royals and the A's on a Tuesday night? Oh man, thank God I'm on the radio in this town. Thank God I've seen this crap before. Thank God I'm here to give you some clarity on this stuff. (laughs) Amazing. Cover of the newspaper. Really? Okay, my dog's not a puppy anymore. I can't take the newspaper and use it in the crate. But come on, man, I love my newspaper here in town. 702-365-9200. That's the monologue. Brought to you by Resorts World Doghouse Saloon. Come with me to Doghouse to watch the NFL playoffs. I need a drink of water badly. Vinny Bonsignor, Bill Williamson, and let it be known to the medieval maniacs. Mark Stone joins me at 105. The captain of your Vegas Golden Knights. That's what we deliver here middle of the week on the flagship of the silver and black. Motion man is more to the left. Snap, they're going to try running off left tackle. Big hole! And it's Abdullah to the 20. And a first down run. Check that it was Jacobs who cut up field and has the Raiders in the red zone at the Chiefs 19. Love that. What a year for Josh Jacobs. JT back with you as we continue. Again, Mark Stone, captain of the Golden Knights at 105. As the great Vinnie Bonsignor joins us from the Las Vegas Review Journal, also. Raider Nation Radio and Vinny, thanks for coming in as always. Let's begin. I heard you this morning uh, talking with Eddie Borselli about Josh Jacobs and the status of his contract with the potential of a franchise tag and the designations of a franchise tag if they don't come to terms on a contract extension before that. Tell me what you're thinking as we start the offseason.
0: Yeah, um, I would think that the franchise tag would be kind of the last um, resort. You know, Obviously, if they can't figure out a, uh, a deal that satisfies both sides, which I, I do think that that will happen. Um, but um, short of that happening, the Raiders definitely have um, you know, fr- both franchise tags available to them, the exclusive and non-exclusive. Um, and the non-exclusive would be um, one of those types of situations where he could go out on the open market um, and and negotiate a, a deal. That deal would then go back to the Raiders, um, and if the Raiders wanted to match it, they could. If if they didn't, then they would get two first round picks as compensation. So there's protection there for the Raiders without without question. Uh, I do think because he means so much to this organization and embodies everything that the Raiders. Have, have honestly preached about and what they're looking for in terms of the characteristics of the players they want in this building, he embodies all of that. And it just wouldn't, to me, uh, send a real good message to anybody, the fan base, the rest of the locker room, uh, everybody that somebody that stands for everything that you've preached about uh, would be, you know, would, 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 they would allow him to, to leave uh, over money. I just don't think that that's a good look for the organization.
1: Well, I agree with you on that, and again, I agree with the fact that they shouldn't have given him a contract extension before the season because the year before he have a great year we didn't think he could have potentially this because they brought in running backs from the Patriots and they drafted one so I think if I'm right we all believe that there would be other running backs getting more touches so they could evaluate the younger running backs and the ones who were coming in from the Patriots how did that all change what happened from Canton Ohio where he was out there playing and people like wow I can't believe he's playing in the preseason till now where he leads the league in rushing
0: yeah, uh, and, and he, they played every running back uh, in the preseason. And Josh McDaniel was very clear, I want my running backs to play in the preseason because that's one position that you're going to take hits, and ball security is part of it. and You can't really replicate in that, that in practice. So that's why he was on the field for a little bit during the preseason. Uh, as far as the, the, the running back by committee bringing in other guys in, uh, an old baseball manager, Grady Little from the Dodgers, one time told me, Vinny? players decide playing time and guess what josh jacobs decided the playing time uh the distribution uh, of of the ball and how many plays he was going to get by playing as well as he did and not and and never wanted to come off the field so i give josh mcdaniel's credit yeah he may have a way that he did things in new england with the running back by committee but ultimately, Josh Jacobs said, no, I have this. You don't need a committee. I'm the committee, uh, and I'm going to handle the bulk of the, uh, the, the responsibility. And Josh McDaniels was flexible enough to say, okay, um, you know uh, that, that's fine by me. Players decide playing time. Josh Jacobs decided that he was never coming off the field uh, last year. And look at the season that he had and, and really what he's earned for himself now in terms of a new contract.
1: Vinny Monsignor is our guest. So Vinny, interesting scenario would be a team steps up and says they called Josh Jacobs' agent. They, they put together a blockbuster deal to go get him. And what you believe is the Raiders will match it. If anything, with the franchise tag, the opportunity to match that deal so he doesn't leave the building. Most likely, that's what should happen.
0: Well, keep in mind that the Raiders have an exclusive window to be mm-hmm. able to negotiate with Josh Jacobs. All teams do with their pending free agents. Um, which could uh mitigate any need for a call like you just described. So if the Raiders could get this wrapped up in that exclusive uh window uh where he never really steps foot into the free agent market, then there's not gonna be any call, there's not gonna be any need for any other team to make any kind of a blockbuster um, you know, phone call and, and offer. Now if after that um, exclusive window passes and there's no deal in place with the Raiders and Josh Jacobs, then that's where the franchise tag would come into play or the p- potential of the Raiders just telling Josh, go out on the open market and see what you can get and come back to us with, a, with, with whatever your best offer is. And we'll decide whether or not, um, you know, t- to match it at that. I don't think it's going to get to that point. I think the Raiders at that point, if they can't get it done on, the, on in that exclusive window, Apply one of the franchise tags on him, so that now uh, either he stays for one year under the uh, exclusive free agent or excuse me uh, um, franchise tag, or. Mm-hmm. He's here in Las Vegas, pen, or, you know, short of somebody giving him a blockbuster offer at that point, and the Raiders declining and accepting two first-round picks as compensation.
1: Two first-round picks as compensation. Vinny Bonsignor joins us. So, Vinny, there's a lot of negativity on radio. That's how sports radio has been built, is people pointing fingers and criticizing. But there were some productive things that happened this year, and we now see this with the All-Pro and the Pro Bowlers. So, you know, go through all the players and what not so much a grade. What, what you believe was the difference so we can have a positive dialogue of Josh McDaniel's team getting Devontae to break the single-season record when it comes to what he did with Tim Brown breaking the yards record, Josh Jacobs, who we've been talking about, and the growth of Max Crosby and the punter and the kicker. There are a lot of core positives here going into this offseason.
0: Yeah, it's so interesting that you mentioned that because players that I've talked to, one in particular, Foster uh, Moreau, He said, "You know, we put too much good on film for this for to come away just completely empty-handed. The record, obviously, that six and eleven, nobody wanted to be six and eleven. But there was too much good that was done that you can't look back with some sense of okay, this was a positive, that was a positive. If you if you can't give your or allow yourself." Uh, the, the chance to look back and, and take some pride in some certain things and, and you know, building blocks in certain things, and it was a complete waste. And I don't think this season was a complete waste uh, for the Raiders. You mentioned um, Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs. I felt Max Crosby, uh, not only did he sort of replicate what he's been able to do as a pass rusher, but look at him now as a run defender. He's one of the better defensive end slash run defenders as well. He really uh, elevated himself. Uh, In that regard, I thought Mac Hollins was a was a bright spot, Um, you know, uh, so so when you look at things, uh, you you can you could take some some um, satisfaction from the season or at least something that you feel like, okay, that's a positive moving forward, because that's what this is all about. It's no more looking back uh, on what happened. Nobody's happy with the record whatsoever. But there's positives to look at, to build from. And then, of course, as you're doing your evaluation, there's some things that you obviously don't like. There's some things that you want to move away from. There's some players that probably played their way uh, out of uh, staying here uh, with the Raiders mm-hmm. in Las Vegas, just as, mu- just as much as are our players who solidified themselves as part of the plan moving forward.
1: Wrapping up with Vinny Bonsignor. So on the negative front, the defense... Also heard you talking about it today, and I think we both agree with each other, what you said, the defensive tackle position, multiple linebackers, and then what they have to fill in in the secondary. I know they have draft picks to get players, but that's been the problem around here. They're getting guys. They're not getting superstars. They're not getting Micah Parsons, a Ray Lewis, an Ed Reed-type player. They're not getting a Charles Woodson-type. You need a top two or three pick for that. But maybe late in the first round, early second round, trading a third and a fourth to get back into the second – Vinny, they got to get guys who are ready to play. I know they're going to be developed in the system, but we don't got a lot of time to develop guys three or four years around here with the Super Bowl coming up. Here, the priority of the defense and free agency in the draft. What do you see ahead?
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. I think uh, an, an offensive tackle, a right tackle, uh, is, is you know improving that position is a must. I think. Uh, the interior of the offensive line, right guard, uh, is something that they're going to look at. What do you do with Dylan Parham? There's a lot of people in the building that think that center is his best position. Mm-hmm. Uh, so do you move him to center and open up uh, a hole over at left guard? So that's going to be uh, an offseason priority. You look at the Seattle Seahawks, and I think they started five or six rookies by the end of the season that were really productive. Uh, one of which a cornerback uh, a that was drafted later on in the round that turned out to be a, a spectacular uh, addition to their team. There's ways to do it. You know, the, Again, think about that. A playoff team was starting five rookies in big positions, important positions. So it's not unheard of that somebody could hit a, a home run uh, in the draft, and I think that that's exactly what the Raiders hope to do and want to do in order to infuse this team with immediate, um, it, it, difference makers, yes, but guys that are contributing at a high level more than anything at all. Obviously, you want the difference makers, and that's what the hope is. Uh, but it, you also want guys that are going to you're going to be able to plug in from day one uh, mm-hmm. and and give you a high level of play. And there are players that fit that bill. Now it's on Dave Ziegler and his scouting staff and Champ Kelly and everybody else that's a part of this whole deal, and they've been watching and looking and assessing and evaluating now for close to 12 months looking at things through a Raiders lens, and that that Raiders lens being the lens of Josh McDaniels uh, and Dave Ziegler, which was something that they really didn't have in last year's draft. Remember, they came in in January, so a bulk of what the Raiders had been doing up until that very moment was looking at things through a Mike Mayock and John Gruden uh, lens. And so they had to kind of reverse engineer all of that in time to have a draft a couple of months later. Not the most conducive thing. This is an entirely different situation having a year under their belt, basically, and it will be more than a year once April uh, comes around and the draft comes around to have been able to really look at things the way they want to see them. Um, and what they're valuing uh, in a player so i would expect and actually the raiders need <laughs> they, they need to hit home runs um in, yeah. in this draft uh difference makers and players that are going to be able to step up and play immediately
1: you got it Vinny. you'll be on the road we'll all be on the road to the super bowl in glendale phoenix scottsdale tell us about your proud partners who will help lead the way
0: yeah, um, definitely. Uh, Realty One Group has been uh, fantastic. Dos Caras, Dos Casas, the uh, new uh, tequila uh, mm-hmm. uh, sponsor that we have. The Two Faces. Um, Everybody is stepping up in a major way. And I'll, I'll say this: they are so excited uh, and really honored to be part of Raider Nation Radio and and, and Raider Nation uh, in general. And, and it's really cool to see um, that pride uh, in them being associated with what we're what we're doing here over Raider Nation Radio.
1: Thank you, Vinny. We'll talk to you soon. Appreciate you coming on.
0: All right. You got it. Take care.
1: Great segment by Vinny Bonsignor. Unbelievable segment. He covers everything. Love having him on as a guest and being a teammate here on Raider Nation Radio. Bill Williamson covering the Raiders longer than anyone in the market. He joins us next. We'll get Bill on, too, heading up to the Super Bowl, and then we'll give everybody a break and a timeout here. I'm watching the replay on NFL Network of Bills and Patriots Uh, Bills will have a neutral site AFC championship game if they play Kansas City where could that be we'll talk to Bill Williamson on the other side on the flagship of the silver and black where do you stand on
0: What you want to do
1: next year? I mean, it's a little raw right now. You know, it's just a little bit after the game, so I want to take the emotion out of it and have conversations and see where the organization's at and see how I feel after some time has passed. It's Aaron Rodgers. He loves this. I would say it right to his face if he became the Raider quarterback. (laughs) I would say that in the past he loved this. Maui cleanse, multiple girlfriends coming and going, living his best life. Could he be the starting quarterback of the silver and black? I don't stir the pot on this much, if you know me. Other shows do, especially non-Raider-related shows. I know my lane. I know where to stay in it. But you better believe I love the Tom Brady-Aaron Rodgers conversation. Jared Stidham having an opportunity. What could happen? I'd be insane if Aaron Rodgers was know a trade a, a trade away like Devontae to bring him to las vegas on a three-year deal two years plus one or tom brady i will lead the charge and if it's jared stidham at training camp we'll put headsets on him and congratulate him if he's the starting quarterback for the Raiders. we're doing a radio show here everybody it's not brain surgery we're not curing cancer and all that but speaking of that I want to thank saint jude The Children's Hospital, I got my t-shirt in the mail today, did my 3,000 push-ups in December, thanks to those who donated, and I got my t-shirt, and I'm proud to wear it this week. All right, let's get going here. Bill Williamson, always a thrill to talk to him. Uh, We're going to get him in a second. Bobby says he's calling in. We got some phone line issues. We'll get Bill to join us momentarily because he's covering the team, and he's got some information for us. I would think Raider fans who haven't called in the first hour, I don't have a syllabus for you. I'm not a professor. You're either rooting against the Chargers or your head's in the sand. We need the Chargers out of the playoffs. We'd like Kansas City out of the playoffs. We'd like that, but I can't get Kansas City out of the playoffs. The only team that can do that is the Buffalo Bills. No one else I don't think is qualified, even Cincinnati and Joe Burrow. I need the Buffalo Bills to get to the Super Bowl. DeMar Hamlin, I got good friends in Buffalo, good people there. Everybody is great in Buffalo. I love the Buffalo Bill fans, not as much as the Raider Nation, but they are great fans. So as we're doing all this, we need to get the Chargers out of play. And hopefully if the Chargers lose, now you might not like this, a lot of fans say we want to keep Brandon Staley. We want Brandon Staley to remain the coach because the Raiders can beat him. Well, Brandon Staley, if he gets fired because he doesn't win a playoff game, and I predict he will if they don't win this game, Then they could go after Sean Payton. I don't think that Sean Payton's going to want to be the head coach of a franchise that doesn't have a fan base. Let me make that point clear again. If you're going to be the head coach of the Chargers, you're starting from scratch, and you're not going to have a fan base. So you're going to have to build that up. Sean Payton and Justin Herbert can help that. They can accelerate that. Jim Harbaugh, I think, would be a good fit for Denver, and there's some news out there. Denver, Condoleezza Rice who's part minority owner there, and others are thinking Jim Harbaugh to Denver. I think Harbaugh's best choice, if Stanley gets fired, is to go to L.A. and to go there because Justin Herbert. He'd have a real quarterback because he went to the Super Bowl. He went to the Super Bowl with Colin Kaepernick. What could Jim Harbaugh do with Justin Herbert? Let let that sink in for a second, too. So that's going to be really important. Uh, So we're moving Mark Stone to 115 which is good. So uh, just texting with the team right now. Perfect. Mark Stone coming up at 115. We'll uh, reschedule Bill Williamson. We're having some phone issues here, and we'll get him up. We can get you on the air at 702-365-9200 as we continue on here. So as I look at the quarterback situation, that was the hot topic of today. Lamar Jackson looks like he's not going to play. It would be a miracle if he does. And could he not be playing because he's not under contract, and if he hurts himself – in a playoff game that he won't get a contract coming up in the offseason. What happens if Lamar Jackson plays in a playoff game against Cincinnati on the road in Cincinnati and further injures his knee or blows out his ACL or MCL without a contract? His mom's his agent. Maybe Lamar and his mom are sitting back going, we got $225 million fully guaranteed if we sit out. If we sit out. Now, would you blame him for that? I wouldn't blame him for that. That's why kids don't play in bowl games. But this is the NFL. And in the NFL, you're a professional football player if you can help your team, you play. If it turns out that Lamar Jackson does not play and he could have played at 70 or 80% and chose not to, he has lost that locker room and they can't bring him back. I repeat, if Calais Campbell and they just gave a huge extension to an unbelievable uh, linebacker in Roquan Smith, if Lamar Jackson could go, the way other quarterbacks dating back to Bob Greasy and Fran Tarkenton to Bart Starr and Roger Staubach, who were not at 100% but decided that they could play. If he doesn't play and we find out that he could have given it a go, he's lost that locker room. And the franchise, I don't believe, will bring him back. Could be wrong on this, but it's a really big topic. And Tua will not be played. He is ruled out, and I think that's a documentary. I really think that's a documentary. 30 for 30 on ESPN. Why is Tua ruled out? If he's got a concussion, I need to hear from a doctor right now. I need to hear from a neurologist because football's involved in gambling and you're taking away gamblers' money on the future bets of Miami going to the Super Bowl and all that. You're taking all that cash that was accumulated by gamblers who gambled on Miami and you're not being transparent with us on why Tua can't play. Now, if the NFL doesn't want to be in the gambling business, I would never bring this up. The NFL loves the gambling business as revenue for the NFL. We should know why Tua can't go. So if Tua's not playing in this game, what makes you think Tua's going to be back next year? Seems like the Dolphins are really nervous on this topic. Why wouldn't they just get out of the Tua business and go get a new quarterback? It's a topic that's going to be building in the offseason. All right, Mark Stone's going to join us at 115, the captain of the Vegas Golden Knights. I'm really excited to talk to him.